You are listening to The Actor Aesthetic Podcast, episode 177, how pop music revolutionized musical theater and what that means for actors. Let's get started. My name is Maggie Barra, and welcome to another episode of the Actor Aesthetic Podcast, where I take you behind the scenes of the theater industry. The Actor Aesthetic Podcast is produced every week for your enjoyment, and show notes are found at actoraesthetic.com forward slash podcast. You can follow me for more tips on the actor lifestyle at Actor Aesthetic or my personal profile at Maggie Barra. All links are in the show notes. Now, please, let's get on to the show. Hey y'all, what's going on? It's Maggie. Thanks for joining me for another episode of the Actor Aesthetic Podcast. Now, you know I love an Instagram poll, and I recently asked y'all if you'd be interested in something that's been brewing for a little bit in my little brain, and that is musical theater history. Now, when I went to college for musical theater, I was a little bit of a history nerd. I love world history. I love American history, but particularly I love musical theater history. And you might love shows like Hamilton and Dear Evan Hansen and Hades Town and Mean Girls and Beetlejuice. But do you actually know where they came from or what they were inspired by? Musical theater and theater in general have been around for a really long time. And if you're planning on pursuing a career In this industry, there's nothing more important than learning what came before you and paying respect to the creators who built the foundation of musical theater. In this episode, we are going to travel back in time to explore how pop music has transformed the world of musical theater from the 1960s to today. We're going to discuss the shows that first began to incorporate pop music into their scores and how this new sound created a fresh and exciting experience for audiences, for actors, and for theater lovers alike. We're also going to dive into the shows that have continued to push past the boundaries of what is possible in musical theater, how they've been influenced by pop music, and most importantly for you today, what this all means for actors. So without further ado, sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode. Pop music has actually always had a place in musical theater, but over the years it has taken on a much more significant role. You think of shows like Hamilton. It's hard to think of a world in which Hamilton didn't exist. It has had such an influence on pop culture itself that Non-Broadway goers and theater lovers know what we're talking about when someone brings up Hamilton. In recent years, you have shows pop up like Hamilton that made use of popular music to attract a wider audience. But how did we get here? Well, to understand the relationship between pop music and musical theater, we actually have to go all the way back to the 1960s. And I'm not even talking about Hairspray and Little Shop of Horrors, both shows that use music influenced by the 50s and 60s. Those shows were written in the current day. They were only written in the last 20 years or so. I'm talking about shows like Hair and Jesus Christ Superstar, 
written in the 60s and 70s, literally. Those shows brought rock and roll to the stage, which was a major, major departure from the traditional Broadway sound. And these shows were groundbreaking at the time. Let me tell you why. The musical Hair, which premiered off-Broadway in 1967 and on-Broadway in 1968, was controversial for several reasons. One of the main reasons being that the show depicted the counterculture and anti-war movement that was happening at the time, which challenged many traditional values and norms. This included references to drug use, sexual liberation, and pacifism. Not only that, but the show featured an integrated cast, which was still relatively rare at the time, and openly celebrated diversity and multiculturalism. It included nudity, which was a major, major taboo at the time, particularly in a public setting like a Broadway theater. And most importantly, the show's rock music score was seen as a departure from traditional musical theater, where some critics felt it was actually inappropriate for the genre. But when I talk about the music being so different where it wasn't just like a traditional golden age musical theater score. I don't just mean that like the sound of it was different. Sure. Yes. Singers were singing very differently in a rock score from hair than they were from guys and dolls and the King and I and Cinderella and sound of music. But as the writers dove headfirst into the genre of rock music, they were also allowing themselves the freedom to get creative with the structure of their songs. The songs in Hair were not necessarily structured in the traditional verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, chorus format commonly used in musical theater. Instead, they were featuring extended instrumental solos and improvisation, as well as more like freeform approach to lyrics and melody. What was written on the page was not exactly what was sung out loud. And so they were beginning to give performers and the band and the orchestrations more freedom. Not only that, but the content, the lyrics of the songs in Hair also differed from traditional musical theater in their subject matter. So rather than being focused on love stories or the ups and downs of everyday life, the songs in Hair addressed political and social issues such as war, racism, sexual liberation. When you think of the world and particularly the United States in the late 60s, you think of human beings that were yearning to break free from the social norms of the 50s and the early 60s. And that is exactly what musical theater was doing at that time. I think it's so interesting to look back at what actually was going on during American history and then what came from it? What kind of artwork came from it? What kind of songs came from it? Musical artists and productions, Broadway shows, plays. At any given point in American musical theater history, you have two different types of shows that are products of their time. You either have shows that are commenting on current events and making a statement, or you have shows that feel like more of an escape. 
They are there to entertain you, to lift you up, to make you laugh, to make you happy at the end of it. Those shows want you to walk away feeling good. And yes, the shows that comment on the now and the current events and social issues and justice can make you feel good at the end. Not all of them do. And there are certainly some good feel-good moments of hair, but the majority of it really is taking a stance on what was happening at that time. Hair was influential because it paved the way for other rock musicals like Jesus Christ Superstar and Grease, which continued to break down barriers and push the boundaries of what was possible in musical theater. Fast forward to the 1990s, and a new generation of musicals emerged with Rent, written by Jonathan Larson. Now, Rent was one of the first musicals to incorporate pop music in a very significant way. The show's music was heavily influenced by rock, pop, and R&B, and it was a huge hit. And not only was it popular with younger audiences, but it also brought a new energy to the stage that was missing from more traditional musicals. Like Hair, its topics were taboo. Now we're talking about the depiction of LGBTQ characters. The show prominently featured LGBTQ characters and relationships, which was still relatively rare on Broadway at the time. The portrayal of these characters and their struggles, including living with HIV and AIDS, was controversial and challenged mainstream societal attitudes. Not only that, we're talking drug use and homelessness. The show depicted characters who struggled with drug addiction, homelessness, which was seen as a harsh reality of urban life that was often swept under the rug in mainstream entertainment. It made audiences uncomfortable. The show's music was heavily influenced and driven by guitar, but it was eclectic. It wasn't just rock. There was R&B. There was gospel. It had such an eclectic mix of musical genres that it gave the show a unique sound that was unlike anything else on Broadway at that time. And the other shows that were on Broadway at that time were Phantom of the Opera, Miss Saigon, Sunset Boulevard, Les Mis, Cats, A Funny Thing Happened on the Way to the Forum. This was 1996, and the one show that stuck out like a sore thumb was Rent. Sure, Andrew Lloyd Webber was on to something with shows like Phantom of the Opera and the creators of Les Mis and Miss Saigon. They were on to something, but it was nothing like Rent. You had actors being plucked out of dive bars like Adam Pascal to perform in Broadway musicals. They were not looking for traditional musical theater actors anymore. They were looking for authentic rock singers and pop singers. And that's not really that far different than what a lot of Broadway shows are looking for today, like Six. I have heard so many times from the creatives of Six, the casting directors and the directors, about how important it is to them that they have authentic sounds on their stages and they're looking for folks who have been on shows like The Voice and American Idol because they want singers that sound like people do on the radio. Musicals either started to sound like what the radio was sounding like or they were literally incorporating songs from the radio. And if you're an actor right now, I just want you to Take a look at the most popular shows that are being produced right now across the country, especially this summer. And they are shows like Beautiful and Jersey Boys 
And why is this? Those are two wildly successful shows because they appeal to a very wide audience. Lots of people know Carol King's music. Lots of people know Frankie Valli's music. And when you have created a show that has good writing in it and incorporates music from popular artists, you have a hit on your hands. I'm talking Mamma Mia, Rock of Ages, Ain't Too Proud, the Tina Turner musical. Now we have shows like Once Upon a One More Time and A Beautiful Noise and and Juliet. These are shows on Broadway or coming to Broadway very soon that are filled with music. In fact, their entire score is just music made popular by other artists. Because of shows like Rent and Hair, you had musicals that were starting to break the boundaries of what they were including in their scores. But not only that, they of course led to jukebox musicals, and it wasn't until the early 2000s that they really started to gain popularity. One of the earliest examples of a jukebox musical on Broadway was Ain't Misbehavin', which opened in 1978. And then in the 1990s, like I said, we had Smokey Joe's Cafe opening on Broadway. That show was a hit, ran for over 2,000 performances. But of course, it wasn't until shows like Mamma Mia, featuring the music of ABBA and Jersey Boys, featuring the music of The Four Seasons, and even Movin' Out, which featured the music of Billy Joel. They became smash hits and inspiring a wave of jukebox musicals that continue to this day. Now you have shows like Motown and Beautiful and On Your Feet and The Share Show. And to the common American who knows these artists well, it's a higher probability they're going to go see a Broadway show with that music because they already know the music. So what does this all mean for an actor right now? who is going on auditions for a Broadway show, a national tour, community theater production, a regional theater, a summer stock season of shows. Well, chances are the show you're auditioning for might ask you to sing a pop song. Now, in recent years, there's been a trend in musical theater auditions where actors are asked to bring in a pop song that showcases their vocal abilities. This trend is driven by a desire from directors and producers to find performers who are versatile and can handle a range of musical styles. Let me read to you what is on the most recent and current audition breakdown for Six, the musical on tour and on Broadway and beyond. They are looking for... Sensational triple threat performers 18 and up to portray the six wives of Henry VIII as they reunite to tell their stories via a pop concert. All must have incredible voices, strong dance skills, great comedic instincts, and the ability to interact well with an audience. Preparation. Please prepare a short contemporary pop song and bring your book. No musical theater songs. Hmm. Very interesting, because even if you look at maybe auditions 10 years ago, they weren't really asking for pop songs unless you were auditioning for the occasional In the Heights, if that was even available to license that long ago. Maybe you love pop music. Maybe you literally can't stand it. 
But I have to be honest with you, this is the direction we are headed. And yes, there will always be a Sondheim musical out there that will be produced. There will always be a production of Guys and Dolls somewhere waiting for you to dive in. But audiences are loving what they know. And right now, that's pop music. And we have some fabulous new up-and-coming writers who are taking the world by storm and writing music that is so heavily influenced by R&B and rap and hip hop and pop and country that you better get ready for it. So if you don't already, you should check out my musical theater audition book course. This is so important if you are currently going in person to auditions and you're looking for a solid rep book that will save you the next time you go into an audition and someone says, what do you have in your book? You will have at least five to 10 fantastic songs up your sleeve that you'll be able to sing like no one's business and you'll know like the back of your hand. In the course, we'll talk about the three different types of songs you'll need in your audition book, including Golden Age Musical Theater, Contemporary Musical Theater, and your favorite, Pop and Rock. And by the time you finish the course, you will know firsthand what you need to do to kick it into gear so that you have an audition book that helps book you that next job and feel more confident than ever before. So check that out at actoraesthetic.com slash book. I have that link in my show notes as well. This is so fun getting to talk to you a little bit more about the background of musical theater and how it came to be what it is today. In our upcoming episodes, we'll talk a little bit more about the golden age of musical theater. We'll talk about controversial musicals and more. And I'm so excited to get to work with y'all. So in the meantime, please make sure you leave a review of the podcast if you've enjoyed it. Give us a little five stars. Screenshot the episode and share it to your Instagram story tag at Actor Aesthetic so I can see who is following along with me there. And if you have any other topic suggestions for me or questions, feel free to shoot me a DM at Actor Aesthetic on Instagram or an email at Maggie at ActorAesthetic.com. It takes a village, y'all. I'll see you next week.